0: Banded from across the universe, four film buffs review the newest recently released superhero movies and TV shows. They are Kyle Wilson, John Jaso, Barry Perlman, and Tyler Honig. And this is The Super Film Club. And we're back with another episode of the Super Film Club. I've got Kyle, I've got Barry, I've got Jaso with me. And today we are going to be reviewing Loki Season 2. So I will start off with just saying I am going to steal Kyle's moniker of Why Do We Care? Because there was a lot of things in this season. I liked the ending. I liked a lot of pieces of it but I didn't know why certain pieces of this season had to happen to get us to that finale part. And so I'm going to let everybody else do their talking, and then I'm going to go in with my thoughts. So, Barry, let's start off with you. What were some of your thoughts with Loki season two? And feel free to throw in season one stuff if you feel it helps. Um, I was kind of mixed. I
1: am a big Tom Hiddleston fan. Like, Tom Hiddleston's entire journey, like the fact that he, like... Loki wasn't going to come back, but the audience responded to him so well. Like, his whole entire journey is phenomenal, and a lot of that's, like, to Tom Hiddleston and what he's built with the character. I thought season two was, like, a great swan song for him. It was very much the Tom Hiddleston show. He did phenomenally. The last episode was amazing, emotional. My beef with it was other characters suffered to give Tom his, like, time in the sun which like Mm -hmm. he absolutely deserved, but the characters like i feel like they didn't pay as much attention to like sylvie sylvie had a phenomenal plot line and their dynamic was so great like their dialogue how they built off each other in season one and it kind of missed like that chemistry in season two i think if it was i think if i binged it i think i would have liked it better it was like a slow, slow pacing. Mm-hmm. Overall, it was really good. I think it was one of the better shows to come out of Marvel like this year. But definitely some gaps compared to the mm-hmm. first season. It wasn't as clear. Like, it wasn't as a home run as season one was.
0: Yeah. Uh, Kyle, what are some of your thoughts?
2: Yeah, so I loved this season. Um, and as I've kind of dialogued more with friends since I've watched it, I think we're all on the same page of like we don't know exactly why we loved it like it was so confusing at points um, and I think that's where it struggled for me I almost wish I would have watched season one like right before this mm-hmm. because there I felt like even in the opener like there were times where I was like what are we doing where did we come from like I watched season one so long ago
0: pressure this season did not do very well with it I will agree with you there are multiple times I'm like am I supposed to remember this character am I supposed to remember what happened or am I was it something they just started in this season so that was very confusing
2: yeah exactly so the whole time and then as you all know there's a lot of time skipping and jumping and movement and, and so I think the plot gets very confusing and I'm still not sure that I fully understand what Happened. Um, all that said, visually, this season looks amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, I love the music that goes throughout this season, and then the casting of OB in this show is absolutely phenomenal. Um, could not have been a better choice. I loved him in Everything Everywhere All at Once. I loved him in The Goonies. Um, He's a good character in Mm -hmm. Temple of Doom. I just don't like Indiana Jones' Temple of Doom. Um, But he's a good character in it. But I think he's an amazing choice
0: Mm -hmm. for Obi. He was Um, a good addition. Exactly. So, I don't know. I had a fun time with
2: it. At the end of the day, I still stand by saying I loved this season of Loki as well. But I I really do think I need to go back and watch season one and then probably binge watch all of season Mm 2 to really kind of comprehend and understand maybe a little bit more about what's going
0: on. Sure. Jay, so you really did honestly just binge-watch it pretty recently to this recording, so what are your thoughts with it being a little more fresh in your mind?
3: Yeah, <clears throat> yeah i I absolutely loved it. I thought it was just almost as good as the first season of Loki, in my opinion. I feel like... I'm curious, like, how some characters, like, for Barry, what you had said, where some characters kind of got lost, I feel like they all had their times to, like, be present in the show, I did it. I think where we didn't just, maybe we didn't get to see as much development in them is because they didn't really need much more development, and I kind of thought that was, like, a good move on Marvel's part of, like, these are characters that are really not super important, and we don't really need to, like, give more than what we gave to, like, develop them as, like, a character in the first season, the only, like, one I maybe would argue should have gotten more was Sylvie, but then, like, after binging through the entire show and seeing it, is like, she wasn't super plot-focused. It was all, like, her relevance in this show was to help Loki move forward with where he needed to be, and I think hmm. that's maybe why we didn't, like, see as much. I'm curious to see if they're going to get more, like, later on, if they do, like, another season or, like, come back to this in some form or fashion, but... I feel like this is where we got a lot more of that, like, Loki character development of, like, doing what... It almost kind of paralleled his development in, like, by Endgame for me, of, like, knowing what he needed to do for the betterment of others rather than, like, trying to, like, do everything for himself or making that, like, sacrificial choice and stuff like that, where he, like, sacrificed himself to help Thor. He's now, like, taking on this new mantle to, like, hold the time span together knowing that he'll probably, like, never see his, like, friends or anybody ever again, knowing that he's the, early, the only one who can do that to, like, fulfill that, you know, glorious purpose that he has. Um, and I I like a, a convoluted story, so I felt, <clears throat> it's weirdly, I liked how... It was and I was I found it fairly easy to follow mm-hmm. with like the time skipping and like the importance of like why they're doing stuff all the things with Victor timely I thought was really perfect because while well, he's trying to be a really good character you still got to see the little behavioral traits that of Kang inside of there of like especially in the when the episode where he's introduced of like how he's flipping sides very often just kind of like play to his own morals of like self preservation and all of those things. And then at the end of, like, I feel like he really bonded with the rest of the characters in just, like, a short amount of time. So Jonathan Majors, like, knocked it out of the park again with his performance there. So I really liked a lot of those pieces. I liked the dynamic of Renslayer and Miss Minutes and, like, that, like, little comparison and, like, that ending scene with her, with Renslayer, like, in that, the nowhere space with, like, the purple light. I'm like, okay, so she's coming back in some form or fashion or, um, she's like just gonna be banished there forever um, but I feel like there's gonna be something to follow up on there too so that'll be really cool and I'm then also curious to see uh, inevitably if they end up keeping with the Kang storyline for Kang Dynasty I feel like the, that that movie' going to open with Kang finding Loki and then killing him mm. um, and like that's how he's gonna be able to get that because I think what Loki did is what kind of is now holding everything back together. And I was thinking about this, too. I think a lot of the pieces of these movies lately where it's a lot of been like just um, like time has been greatly affected in different things. I think they're all happening relatively simultaneously and everything being pulled together was like a lynch point for like Loki also bringing everything together and like like holding it back and like reestablishing that timeline. So I think it has like a greater meaning for that. So he's going to play an integral role moving forward when the timelines are inevitably severed mm-hmm. or into secret wars.
0: That's true. Um, some thoughts that I had with the show, so I know many of you know Loki is not my favorite Disney Plus show and stuff. It just was not my vibe, but I respect it and stuff. I liked Tom Hiddleston a lot. Um, I liked that they reminded people that he was a god. I thought there was a lot of points in season one in this season where it's like he's kind of more of a James Bond-esque character, but then it's like the scene where he had to go um, and use all the shadows to get that agent that was trying to be like a movie star. I was like, that was cool. That was very sweet. That reminded you that he is the trickster god. I liked when they went to go Vine Victor Timely that uh, they had the wooden statues of Odin and Thor and then they had Boulder and that Owen Wilson's character was like, oh yeah, I kind of forget that you're one of them and stuff. I was like, okay, it's nice that you're reminding everyone that he is a god and stuff. Um, because I like that they've changed up how his character is, but I don't want them to lose everything that he had from Avengers and the first Thor movie and everything. Um, Ms. Minutes was weird this season, like, and I was. A weird relationship and- oh, I want to. I loved it as a storyline mode. I was like, did not know they were going to go with that. I also was kind of like, oh, okay, he he built a virtual reality and a virtual augmented thing that loves him and was very interesting. Barry, you talk a little bit about that.
1: I didn't like it.
3: Freaked me out. Okay. All all, all for like the AI stuff. Like I don't like
1: the AI stuff makes sense. It's a little weird that like it's starting to like, blend in from, like, what's happening in life and just, like, how AI is and, like, how it's impacting jobs and, like, mm-hmm. the conversations with, like, actors with AI. So it's, like, maybe it's, like, hitting a little too close to home. I just didn't think it was needed to do, like, to take missed minutes and get for this infatuation. I guess it's a little bit of, like, falling in love with your master of, like, that trope You have, like, the mm-hmm. sign monster kind of thing. But just, like, I didn't think it was needed. I thought it was, like, a step kind of, like, Mm -hmm. too far. And just, like, it kind of pulled you out of the story a little bit. Mm -hmm. Like, it felt like a distraction. And, like, for so many things going on in the show, like, one less thing just, like,
0: could have, I think, helped following Mm -hmm. along for the plot. See, and I liked it because it made sense of why Loki and his team couldn't do things as she basically took out their entire... Uh, computer system, and then her kind of playing everybody and even playing Victor Timely a bit about, like, I want you to be this guy and when he wasn't what she wanted, she's like, well, I guess I'll go try to find somebody else then.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think her as, like, a villain was good. Yeah. I don't know why they let her back in at the end. Like, yeah. I don't know why she came back. But, like, don't give her this weird, like,
0: love relationship. Sure. Like, this weird, like, possessive like, let her just be, like, this evil AI machine. Any thoughts from you two about the Ms. Minutes parts of it? Um, it reminded me a lot of the,
3: uh, this is going back to Star Wars. It reminded me a lot of the Lando Calrissian. Oh,
0: um, yeah. That was weird too. Um, yeah, and I was very weirded out by
2: that relationship component. Excuse me, that relationship component in the Star Wars film that it was in, I what I'm blanking on was.
0: It's so low. Solo. But yeah. Um. Yeah, it was very weird there.
2: I I didn't feel as weird about it here. It wasn't. It still kind of felt a little unsettling, but I think for me, like Miss Minutes as the villain and seeing Miss Minutes on the screen overshadowed kind of the weirdness. Um, I don't think it was as. It didn't feel as present as that Lando Calrissian mm. robot situation um, throughout Solo. So I don't know. I I thought it was fine, and I love Best Minutes as a character anyway. Mm.
3: Yeah, I I thought it was weird, but it made sense because. Kang is like a character who's very much about, you know, being at the top and it gets lonely at the top, so it makes sense that he would have designed an AI that would be more affectionate towards him or just more like wanting to be about him more or less so that as it kind of it makes sense to me that like an AI would develop of like wanting all these things and especially miss minutes across timelines and correcting things being able to learn potentially about like different love and different things like that to have like a conceptual computer understanding of what this is and seeing like him as like the creator the person that is like she is solely meant to like serve his ambitions and everything so to conflate that there I think it adds depth to just the loneliness of the character of Kang in and of itself of like he's always looking to get himself to where he needs to be but then No one can truly show him any of that stuff other than, like, an AI because of, like, all the things that he's going to eventually do or has done. Did you like
1: her? Did you guys like that weird when he, like, fell in love with his weird, like, phone? Like, Scarlett Johansson was, like, the Siri and he, like, fell in love with
0: that. Oh, that movie. I've only seen bits of it, but it does remind me a little bit of that. Or even Beauty and the Beast a little bit of, like, you're stuck with only one person... For a long time, like, do you just right. infatually fall in love? Which
1: is problematic.
0: Oh, it is, but... 100%. Yes. Ms. Minutes <laughs> yes. is completely problematic. Oh,
1: wow. I just couldn't get behind it. It's fine. I'll let it
0: slide. But... I was ready for Ultron to come up and be like, Ms. Minutes and Ultron are going to get together <laughs> <But> that now. That <laughs> makes sense, because then
1: it's like AI love. And, like, who can support that? Yes.
0: Some robots <laughs> fall in love and, like, robots together. Oh... <laughs> Remind me, one of you, what is—Jonathan Majors is his name. Did any of you have a hard time watching the show? And I'm a big believer in everyone is innocent until proven guilty and stuff. But with all the stuff going on with the court case, and I know we've talked about in this of is he going to stay as Kang? What's going to happen? Did that give you a hard time watching this season? Because I I don't think he's a bad actor. I don't think he's my favorite actor. But I do think maybe that was another reason I didn't get down with this season as much as I was kind of like, well— are we gonna keep him? Do I care for this person? Like, I, I just didn't know. I had a I had a hard time with it. And like, yes, everyone's proven
1: guilty. Like, innocent until guilty. But there's been some like text and communication mm-hmm. that has like come out that's not in his favor right now. Um, it's very complicated and very con. And like, I'm not gonna pretend to be an expert. Yeah, I did have a hard time getting behind him as an actor with everything that came on, and it just like it's then hard to separate, like, the art from the actor. I think what also for me, I, when we got to the final season and we got him as, like, how it ended in season one, like, the best part of season one was when we had Jonathan Majors and it was just him, like, talking at the desk and he was truly king. I couldn't buy into, like, the Victor Timely as much until Mm -hmm. we got to the king. And then I was like, this is what I wanted to see. Like, this was interesting. So I think it was, like, Because I think it was also he was more human. It's easier Mm -hmm. to like him as a villain because of everything that's going on. And it's harder to relate to, like, a more human component if you, like, are struggling with the real image. It's, like, um, when all the Kevin Spacey stuff was going on, I, for some reason, was watching Bugs Life. And he's Hopper the villain. And my mom's, Mm -hmm. like, well, it makes sense. Like, you can hate him, like, a little bit more because, like, he's playing, like, a bad actor. And it's, like, it's easier, I think. Came distracting at the beginning of the season and then when he became the villain again you're like okay this feels like more familiar territory so I think that was the struggle and I think like unfortunately it's something
2: Marvel's dealing with and like, mm-hmm. like a price for it but
0: yeah I was fine with him
2: being in the show um I think it boils back to me of Kang isn't going to be the storyline or arc that we're leading, I guess, continuing um, on. It goes back to the, like, why, why should I care about Loki season two? Because again, this is more Kang development and more, it's all about Kang. Um,
0: What was that, Barry?
1: You know, when it was like in the timeline, not like the story timeline, but when this was
0: shot before, or the allegations yes, the it was uh, summer of 2022 because I oh, watched gosh. the making of the show yesterday and they were saying that's when they started. Oh, God. No. So, again, I was fine
2: with it. Um, I think the, the bigger question I have, and we don't need to be on this tangent or get on this tangent, is I feel like Disney, Marvel, Star Wars, a company as a whole They've really cut ties with people very quickly when things have come up. And for some reason, they haven't cut ties with Jonathan Majors with with all of this coming up. And so I think it's interesting and will continue to be interesting to see how this continues to play out um, and where we end up heading. But for me, I was fine with Jonathan Majors on the screen. It didn't bother me as much. I think it would have been way weirder if they would have been like, "Hey, here's Loki season two, and we recast Kang. Um, here you go. You get to see the, the new version of Kang." Um, but I enjoyed
3: uh, Jonathan Majors' character kind of throughout this season. Mm-hmm. Yeah i I was kind of like thinking about it in the back of my mind of like, it it, it kind of also would make sense if they did move away from Jonathan Majors based on how Loki season two ended, it was kind of like, since he, like he, who uh, remains is no longer the one holding the timelines mm-hmm. together. It makes sense that they can like step away. And now with the introduction, like we've only seen, you know, like uh, the three main variants of Kang in addition to himself and like all those other pieces. So you can easily at this point, like recast him if it's like needed. Well,
0: don't forget about the end credit scene for Ant-Man and the Wasp. Where we right. saw that whole thing with all the Kangs,
3: right? So like we saw all that stuff, but like within that, it's gonna, it'll be. I feel like it'll be pretty easy to still recast mm-hmm. it and just be like these are, you know, the variants of Kang because of the character it is. Like it'll look a little weird at first, but it'll also like plot wise just make sense mm-hmm. if they did it. So if they like came out like you know at the start of the new year saying that they've recasted Kang and as Anthony Majors, like I wouldn't. I would be kind of like, you know, bummed about it because I thought he did really well, but I would also not be bummed about it because it's like, uh, so if they're doing this and he's actually a really, truly bad person and like, because I think they're just waiting for this like court stuff to pan out to not recast him because they bank so much of the future of the Mm -hmm. current MCU on him and it's like in a point of like, what do we do? Because if they have to pivot, they're going to have to, like, upend a lot of their stuff. But, I mean, I wouldn't be upset if they did that because I'm just saying bring on Dr. Doom. I'm ready for Dr. Doom. <laughs> Give me Dr. Doom. Um. <laughs> so.
1: It's also, I think, what's interesting is we're bringing up a lot of the fact of, like, they're waiting to kind of find out and see where it nuts out and that Marvel's been quick to cut ties. Because we go back to, like, James Gunn, right? When like, those, like, really old tweets. Resurfaced. Yeah. They were quick to let him go. And then the entire... Very different. Um, okay, very different. Not apples to apples. What Jonathan Majors being accused of is very, very different than what James Gunn was like tweeting mm-hmm. about like years ago. But at the end of the day, they brought him back because people rallied behind him. I don't think they're going to see that same thing happen to Jonathan Majors. Mm-hmm. Whatever pending happens, but I think it's like Marvel is too shaky right now to make any of those kind of changes where like when the James Gunn stuff happened, they had a lot of successful properties where like, you know what, like guardians was a risk. No one really knew if it was going to do well, mm-hmm. they could kind of sacrifice that. And they're realizing they can't do that with King. So I think that's unfortunately why they're also waiting a lot is because mm-hmm. like it is a lot of X in one basket and it's the fallout. Like while people might not rally behind Jonathan majors as much you lose a lot more of the story and direction, which is kind of unfortunate that they're leaving the, like, that
0: that's kind of weighing in the conversation. Yeah. But and, I mean, remember, they replaced Rhodey between Iron Man and Iron Man 2, and nobody had any issues with it. Yeah, but that was, that was like, a salary. That was oh, a salary. I mean, definitely, but, like, just changing characters and stuff, and it just, we, we kept going with it. Um, so yeah, someone else could take over as Kang, and I think everyone would still be fine, and the storyline would still be fine. Um, I liked, um, Jay, so I think you brought this up about how the visual effects were just really good in this season. I almost joked in my head, I'm like, well, all the money that they were supposed to do with visual effects for Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania went to Loki Season 2. Um, but it did just do really well, and especially, I thought, with, like, their prisoner scenes and stuff, and that like box that they put people in, and that Renslayer basically like executed those people, I thought that was a very interesting scene too and very well done and um, visually. uh, Any other visual things that you all liked about the season? Um, I think uh, number one is Loki when he builds the Yggdrasil tree to take over and be the center of everything, which if you all didn't notice in the What If season two trailer, Uh, The Watcher actually is looking at the Yidrasil tree at all the different multiverses. So I thought that was a cool little Easter egg. His outfit change, I have to talk. Like,
1: the whole transition, the evolution, I'm always, like, a really big sucker for, like, like, even in Thor, when, like, he, like, gets the hammer back and, like, Mm -hmm. all the little pieces of his, like, armor kind of fall into place. I think it represents a lot in the sense of you look at how Loki's outfit changed and a lot of them tend to go bigger and bolder and his was really scaled back. I'm not familiar with the comics. Like I'm sure that it's like a very like comic based mm-hmm. one and going back to one of his stories, but it's like he doesn't have his big ass horns that he like wears all the time. Like it's cut down. Like it's not like all of his garb and it's like the Loki that we know for so long is all about the drama and like mm-hmm. making a statement and to just watch it peel back as he's, like, doing this feat and how they beautifully designed. I thought that animation was, like, chef's kiss. It could have gone really bad because we've seen yeah. some really bad animation and, like um... –
0: scrolls and like all of that so mm-hmm. Barry I'm happy you mentioned that because in the comics I was going to bring this up and that's a perfect segue so he's been known as the trickster god for all these years and now recently in the comic books and they brought this to the MCU he is now the god of stories so that's why he sits there now and he's changed he's no longer the trickster god he now controls or shapes reality as the god of stories so I thought that was very cool to bring in as well
3: yeah and I think that was like highlight outfit change to reflect mm-hmm. like that no lesser grandiose thing and like now it's like that more simple but like East like stands out like garb and things like that and I really like uh, some of the visual effects that I really enjoyed was like the whole like every time you got to see the loom and the different timelines streaming mm-hmm. into it like that was visually stunning anytime they went out into like that area like, was really cool the way they did, like, the damage from, like, the radiation on, like, the suits and different things. And when Victor was, like, getting eviscerated over and over again, like, the visual effects there was, like, really cool. So, yeah, I was just like, wow, look what happens when you let them actually, like, do things well. And then it made me think, like, I really hope their unionization goes well so they can finally <clears throat> get paid for, like, the good work that they can do and, and are able
1: to, like, have more time to produce those. Cool. Mm-hmm. It's crazy what you can do with good deadlines and, like, mm-hmm. the support of staff. Right.
2: Right. I would be curious to know, and, and we'll never know this, but I, I'd be curious to know how people watch um, Disney Plus shows and, and, I guess, mm. other, other streaming platforms. Because, you know, these studios spend sometimes a lot of time and money putting a bunch of effort into the visual effects, into the CGI, into um, everything. But at the end of the day, if the bulk of the audience is watching all of this on potentially an older smartphone or, you know, an iPad or a device that can't even output in 4K resolution, I don't want to say why does it matter. Like, it should still look good. It should still be a great show. But if your target audience is casual viewers who are viewing this on devices that can't even, I guess, process that that amount of visual power or really show it to its true potential, I can see why studios may lean away from spending so many dollars on all of that. Mm-hmm. I thought it was beautiful visually, but I also watched this whole season on my brand-new TV that I've got, and so even, even the change from my older TV to the newer one is, like, mind-blowing for some... Um, movies and some tv shows that i'm watching and so i would love to know the data and i don't even know if they know like how people are consuming this media Mm. you know are people consuming it all on their cell phone i'm guilty of it with a lot of the star wars shows i tend to watch on my phone i don't know why it's just convenient um you know or or are people truly consuming this on um a tv at home that? Can output kind of these visuals in in the way that it's intended, so i I think it would be interesting to know that obviously we never will uh, the studios may not even know exactly sure. how people are are watching this, um, but I thought it was absolutely beautiful I don't have any other scenes to talk about yes. um,
3: that you guys didn't touch on so. I feel like they should be able to, to pull that data, seeing where people like sign in from, like a gaming console, at like, sure. a Goku device. Like, they probably won't
0: share it though. Yeah, yeah. share that because it reflects
1: on like, because then it is questions on where they're putting their funds in media, right. and media. I think that also hits like the power of streaming service of like everyone's watching on phone. That's where like TikTok and YouTube, and I think it also goes into like I watch on my TV that we have yet to hang up on our wall. It's literally sitting on our floor, but like. I watched Loki like like doing the duo screen thing of like on my phone or on my laptop mm-hmm. doing things, and then that's like a whole other convo of like mm-hmm. like if our if our attention is divided, like why are they putting like funds into it? Which like I I think they should be spending the money and giving them the time. Like, like it's an work yeah. and if it's an art form. Whether or not people are consuming it the way that they want to, like
2: let them create the product.
0: Mm-hmm. But, mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. And that's why I'm personally like I love that. Marvel just recently uh, released Loki, WandaVision, and um, Mandalorian
3: season one and two like as physical media. Mm -hmm. I've been waiting for that since Disney Plus has come out. Um,
2: One, because I am a big proponent of physical media. I want to own my content. I don't want to be at the will of some company deciding. Well, we're taking this off, and now you. Well,
1: that's what I'm curious. I'm curious if that's because like now I just saw Netflix this morning and it's all like the DC stuff has transitioned over there, but it's like, will Disney plus get to a point right now? To my knowledge, like their original
3: content hasn't been pulled off. Yes,
0: it has. There's a few shows that have, that I've, I've watched that have been taken off already. What's been pulled off already? So, I mean, I don't think it's any of their big, big shows. The only show that I can really say that I liked, it was called Big Shot. It had... Uncle Jesse from Full House. It was two seasons. Uh, And like literally two months after it came out, they took it off of Disney Plus. And so there have been some of their original content that you can't see anymore. Yikes. Okay. Not good. Kyle, I recently saw Till the World Ends on Netflix. And spoiler and stuff, um, there is a point where they find like all these DVDs and it made me think of Kyle cause I'm like, Oh, the power's gone out. They can't stream things anymore, but they had the ability to still watch things on DVD. I'm like, Huh, Kyle's got the right idea of collecting all these DVDs. Yeah, for real. And, and, you know, again, for me, and I don't
2: want to, I don't need this to turn into like a digital versus physical conversation, but for me having a physical copy, one, I get to keep it. And two, visually it looks so much better Mm -hmm. than what you're streaming and so for me to see and again i haven't gone back and watched loki season one but when i do for me to put loki season one in my player and watch it on the tv like i am thrilled to be able to consume that media and that content in that way because i believe i watched all of loki season one on my phone and it just It feels so much different when you watch it on your phone or your iPad or your whatever compared to a TV at
0: home. Yeah. I'll also be curious to see, and again, kind of how Barry said, I don't think they'll ever show the numbers, but with Echo coming out and they're doing all of the episodes in one day, for what if they're having a new episode every single day for a week? um, What will those numbers be? Are people going to wait to binge watch all of them? Are they going to do for Echo, like, watch a couple every day? Um, I think it's interesting that we're going from a show that every week had a new episode to every day has a new episode to all of them come out in one day. Um, What Disney Plus is moving to or is it they feel more comfortable with one property than they do another property? Um, I don't know. I'm excited for all of them. I think it'll be cool. I just think it'll be neat to be able to watch them in different ways. Absolutely. And I think
2: some of it might be them just testing the water. Yeah. Yeah. People, things change, and what worked a year ago by releasing an episode every week may not be what people want today.
1: And so and also, it's the story, right? Like, Boba, they did the first two episodes and mm-hmm. then went to weekly, and it's like they needed uh-huh. to do to the two together because they built off each other. Yeah. And it's like to adjust based on the story that's being told is really important. Yeah. Where, like, sometimes you need the momentum and you need a reason to stay. And the like cliffhangers are great, but, like, I think Loki was some of the story with just, like, understanding and, like, going back and forth between the different time
0: periods and what Loki was doing. And then you get introduced to, like, Owen Wilson's life, and, which we have not talked about Owen Wilson, which we have to do. Yes, but we like, do. I think having the momentum of it built together would have made the finale even grander than, like, what happened. I agree. And also, Loki season two ended the day that the Marvels came out, so I don't know if the Marvels also overshadowed that, because I know, like, for me, I went and saw the Marvels that night and then watched Loki before I went to bed, and I know I was not truly as awake as I would have been watching at six, seven o'clock at night like I normally would have. Um, but let's talk about some of the other characters and stuff, because we have not discussed Owen Wilson, who besides Tom Hiddleston may be the second best character. I could hear conversations and arguments about Sylvie being second best, but um, yeah, let's talk about some of those other characters that we liked.
1: Um, I thought it was weird that Owen Wilson went back and was like, I'm going to sit and like watch myself. Like that seems like time travel, like 101 not to do. Yeah. Yes. Like, like why are we okay with that of him just like watching what his life is? Like, I feel like that should not be allowed. And like, he needs to like get back. Either I know he comes up in Deadpool in that, but like that's weird. You should not be able to go see yourself. That should have been mm-hmm. the first thing that like they told him, or like hey, you gotta go somewhere else. It's talkerish. It's creepy. That's like a horror movie
0: waiting to happen. Well, I wish they talked more about where all of these characters were taken out of their own continuity because it just was kind of like this is what your life could have been, but like what did they technically do to be ripped out of their timeline?
2: That was a great callback from season one, um, and so that was really really cool to see, um, kind of play out and 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 see happen through all of this time skipping and hopping of timelines and all of that.
1: It for me that made more sense. I thought the B15, seeing like what she was doing beforehand, mm-hmm. and it goes back to like what Tyler was saying, where like. It was hard with it being all about Loki, where you didn't get a lot of the other characters. But, like, did you meet the other characters? Maybe not. Whereas, like, the B-15 storyline was cool to see, but I didn't care as much because the jet ski was seated in beginning of season one, mm-hmm. right? And we're like, what's with him in this jet ski? And he's only mm-hmm. selling jet skis and wishes he had one. And, like, B-15, there is no connection from, like, her being, like, a surgeon and a doctor. To, like, who she became with the TVA. So it goes back to, like, why do I care? Where, like, it could have been a cool, powerful moment. But you didn't see any of her past life. Because she wasn't a focus, like, in the other season. And, like, she wasn't a big focus in season two. So it was, like, unwanted, confusing. I wanted to care, but just, like,
0: frankly. Mm-hmm. Or even, like, Casey. <laughs> like, I like Casey as a character. But, like, like did we need to know he was an Alcatraz? Even Honestly, over- yes. Because that actor is just phenomenal. And I was, like, I <laughs> <laughs> it was bizarre, but like you know what, if anyone was going to be at Alcatraz, it was going to be I'm fair, him. and then like Obi, who I absolutely loved. He was a great new addition and stuff. But again, kind of like him being a writer and stuff. Like I didn't necessarily need to know that about his previous life and stuff. Yeah,
1: if we, if I think if we got these characters like in season one, and you got the Easter eggs and like the hints of what he was doing. It kind of made sense that Obi was, like, a sci-fi writer who wrote the TVA book. Like, he had all of the answers. He became that person that everyone went to. But it was just, like, it was hard to care about their lives beforehand.
0: Yeah. Jason, what are some of your thoughts? You've been a little bit quiet.
3: I I didn't necessarily have too many thoughts for that stuff. I thought it was kind of, like, placed. Like, it kind of goes back to what I shared earlier. It's like, we didn't really need, anything more from these characters i think what we got the most was was from mobius's character kind of like seeing those pieces and i i thought it was it made sense that he stood there because his entire life he's been trying to you know like take care of people get everything like together and it kind of highlighted that within like his two sons and like trying to wrangle all those things and like bring like the unity because i always kind of saw him as like the dad of the tva so it made sense that he was a father Mm -hmm. um So it kind of made sense that we got a little bit of, like, those pieces, and then with B-15 being a doctor, that kind of made sense, was once the TVA stuff happened in the first season, and then just really having that point of care for, like, everybody, and, like, these are lives, they need to be protected, it was easy to, like, see that parallel with, uh, like, her being, like, a doctor with that point of, like, care and different things, like, there... Um, Casey was just a wild card, which I did. Like, it was very funny of, like, being such a stark rule follower in the TVA, but then also coming from, like, Alcatraz and breaking out of prison and wanting to rob banks. I thought that was just funny. That was just, like, pure fan service, I feel like. Um, so, I, I... Yeah, like, those pieces, it kind of was, like... That was probably one of my more, like, gripes with everything. I was, like, this just also seems very convenient that they all are from, like, the same point in time. They didn't really have to, like, go to different places. It seems like they were all relatively available i guess the only difference hmm. being casey from like alcatraz because then the other three were all like well we we're here and i think it was 2023 all at like the same time doing things so i was like that's kind of weird
0: i didn't even realize that till you mentioned that
3: yeah because i i mean i had just watched it friday so it was like he like pointed out my mind i was like because i know they specifically said like alcatraz was like 67 or whatever it mm-hmm. was but i think everybody else was from the exact same like year so i was like that's I feel like just kind of lazy in a way because I thought it would have been maybe cool to see like B-15 maybe be like one of the first like women doctors or a woman of color doctor and like struggling with that aspect of things and then um, uh, OB being like a physicist but maybe during like the time like in California could have also been very interesting if they wanted to play on like his Asian identities or different things like that. Um, but it just seemed very convenient that they just kind of, like, lumped them all together with something that would kind of parallel where they were at within, like, the TVA, so I think it was just there to, like, fill a gap, But and more or less, I think it also just reiterated the point that they were not the focus of this show, it was all about Loki, and, like, that was per- honestly fine with me, because I don't need more characters to not care about in the MCU. I think they were there to do what their purpose was for the show, and now it's like, okay, we're going to kind of move past them. The one I just wanted a little bit more from was just Sylvie to kind of see what's going on with her, because that one seems to be a bit more of an important character moving forward than the rest of them. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, and I mean I get it because like Sylvie's whole journey is like she was taken from her timeline so early that like at the end of the day she just wanted a normal life. Like that's why she ended up at McDonald's. Mm -hmm. Like she just like wanted to experience and see everything. It just like it made me. I was disappointed by how they treated her and just like she just like was on this weird vendetta at the beginning, but like her and like. The two of them had such a good back and forth and relationship. And I wish that, like, you didn't really see, like, her evolution and growth, where it's like you had her, like, go on this vendetta, wanted to kill um, Kang. And then it's like she's at the bar alone and is the one giving, like, Loki the advice on, like, why are you really doing this? Like, why, like, you can't be with being alone and just, like, she. And then it, Because if she's supposed to be, like, the new, like, I could see her coming back. I think Tom Hiddleston is done, but she could come back in, like, other Loki variants. It just, they could have done more with her. She was such a badass character in the first one. They had, like, great scenes between, like, them with the, like, magic and what they could do together. And they just kind of, like, depowered her and sidelined her.
3: Mm
0: -hmm. Mm-hmm. I agree with that. Um... What are any other final thoughts people have before we rate the season? How did we feel about the kind
2: of Chicago World's Fair sequence? I think that Mm -hmm. kind of introduced Jonathan, or sorry, Victor Timely, um, to us as the audience. I thought it was a really cool kind of area to go to, um, and, and and introducing cause I think Miss Minutes was also, I don't want to say introduced, we knew her from season one, but was reintroduced in that sequence if I'm remembering correctly. Um, I I really loved kind of that sequence of this is how we're introducing Victor Timely. This is how we're tying in Miss Minutes. Um, and, and this is how we're showing off kind of their, their powers and their ability Mm -hmm. together. Um, I don't know how you all thought about it. I know two of you on this podcast have ties to Chicago. Um, and was curious kind of what what your thoughts were
1: i wish we spent more time there like because i liked it and i i expected a little bit more from it that there would be because the chicago's chicago world's fair like was such an impactful part of history like we got mm-hmm. um, like the wheel the ferris wheel and all of that you also had a lot of weird like history things going on like um hh Holmes and everything like I don't know, they could have spent a lot more time and had, like, weird run-ins with, like, actual current history. Because um, I liked it. I just, I thought it was going to be more of the season.
2: Sure.
3: I mean, I I thought it was fine just being in the one episode it was in. I thought it made sense of having, like, the World's Fair being where, like, they find Victor Timely because it was an age of, like, showcasing new innovations and stuff. I... I don't think we needed to spend a whole lot more time there. I think they kind of were able to do what they needed to do for like the sake of like the story um, to kind of move it forward because that was one of the things that I really enjoyed about the show is the pacing was very good. Like it, it took moments like slow that needed to, but we also didn't like linger in things that like we didn't need to do, which um, I feel like some of the other Disney Plus shows kind of did—they just lingered in things that don't really matter. And I think this was a period where we got it for its episode, and that's what we just like needed it for. We didn't mm. need to do much more in there because it was more focused, like in the TVA, so to speak. Um, but I thought it was cool. Sure. And, you know, shout out to Chicago—always um, a great time. I, the only disgruntled part mm. is they ended up going to Wisconsin, which <laughs> that sucked. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I also liked it. I thought it was neat they did black and white with it. Um, how they made Ms. Minutes look like a little piece of the time as well. Um, and I liked that if they're the time variance authority, they actually time traveled in the show. So that was also kind of nice with it.
3: Sure.
1: Yeah, I felt like it was marketed that there'd be more like actual time travel mm-hmm. than there was. Maybe like that's my wish. Like. I'm, like, a sucker for that kind of stuff and, like, those books and whatnot, so that's why I'm, like, oh, I could have done with more there. I think I could have, like, taken out some of, like, the other plot lines and things mm-hmm. like that or, like, other periods and spent more time and, like, adjusted it
0: that way. Yeah, I feel like it's an issue that a lot of time travel shows on TV have been facing, like, even DC had their Legends of Tomorrow and, like, season one and season two, they time traveled a lot and then it became, like, we're gonna go to space and we're gonna fight magical creatures and stuff and it's, like, this is a time travel show, and now we've like thrown everything into it. Yeah, absolutely. Um. So yeah. So what are people's rating for this season? Um. Jaso, you recently watched the show, so why don't you get us started?
3: Uh yeah, I would give it uh, a good eight out of ten. I really okay. enjoyed it. I thought it did. A really good service of you get to see the true like character growth of what knowing that he needed to do to make that ultimate sacrifice to fulfill his glorious purpose. And I thought it was very well done.
0: Okay. Kyle, why don't you go next?
2: I'll jump in just to make it confusing. I'll change the rating scale. Uh I'll give it four out of five, uh, which is the same as Jason's. Um I thought it was great. I loved it. I had a fun time. I think it was confusing for me at times, um, but I think especially after I go back and maybe rewatch season one and lead right into season two, um, I think a lot of that might be some of it might be cleared up and mm-hmm. and um, not as confusing um, additionally, as a viewer, I just understand content a little bit more the second time around, especially when um, I know where we're headed by the time we get to the end. Um, I'm able to pick up on clues and things a little easier. So four out of five for me.
3: Sweet.
0: Barry? I'll
1: give it a four out of five but the special five out of five for, like, Tom Hiddleston and, like, the finale in the sense of, like, for me, the finale just was, like, in a whole separate, like, ranking compared to, like, the rest of the season where I struggled at the beginning and kind of had waves, and
0: then it came together so freaking well so mm-hmm. it gets like a special category I will give it a three and a half out of five stars um, like Barry Tom Hiddleston did a great job this was a wonderful swan song for him appreciated the last ten minutes of the show where he really came to his own um, like I said I liked a lot of the visual effects with it um, and some of the things but again Loki just as a show is not one of my favorites of the Disney Plus ones I'm surprised you but I mean, I will give credit where credit's due And there was a lot of places to give credit it's due uh, I'm also weird when it comes to rating things I get scared about ranking
1: things too high Where it's going to come back and like,
0: <laughs> bite me in <at> the butt <laughs> You're like, citing my source Three episodes ago, I actually want to change my rating about I'm- this <laughs> you
1: guys are gonna like remember I gave something a rating and then come back in three months and be like well you
0: like this and you said I'm not putting it past any of Uh (laughs) it oh hey the fans will send letters and stuff we've told them they can I deal with that all the time with my movie rankings
2: especially when I get sorry especially when I get to the end of the year um, and I start doing my top ten my friends will be like you said that movie was great but not five out of five and now it's on your top ten list and I'm like Yeah, things can change. (laughs) Yes, they can. all in the context of everything I've
0: seen. (laughs) So I'd say some episodes coming up in the new year, we're actually going to have a good amount of content. Um, We'll have the What If Season 2. We'll have Aquaman 2. We'll have Echo that we can do. So over January and February, we'll have a good amount of stuff. And even in February, I keep forgetting, Madam Web is going to be coming out for Valentine's Day. So some neat things. Um, I know not all of us may watch all of the movies or shows, so you might see some of us, you might see some special guests, but at the end of the day, we are a fun little film club family. Um, And with that note, um, as always, I'm Tyler.
3: I'm Kyle. I'm Jason.
0: And I'm Barry. Excelsior.